This is the Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition Number 9, an update on coronavirus and other topics from Amsterdam Mayor Mike Sinquanti. Thanks for joining us, Mayor. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me. I enjoy it. The Common Council met last night. That would be Tuesday night. And I believe um, said they would go along with this idea that you had broached earlier to lower prescription drug costs. Can you explain that? Well, um, it was kind of related to an idea I had broached earlier, uh, but it was a, a different approach. Um, we we have uh, various prescript, prescription drug coverages for seven different bargaining units plus our retirees, and the complexity of that makes it um, made it difficult to do what I wanted to do. But they came up with a with a program that. Um, was not as difficult and will end up resulting in saving us about $200,000 next year, which is a huge amount of money, especially at a time when money is, is so hard to come by. Hmm. So how would it be different or what, what would happen? Well, they're going to be the shopping money. harder. Uh, let me. They're going to be going for uh, better sourcing. Um, they're going to be grouping their purchases. Uh, they're going to be doing a lot of things to uh, cut the cost of the drug down. And because the city is self-insured, um, anything that they can do along that vein will save us direct money. And so they are estimating, based upon the plan they have in place, that they will be able to uh, purchase the drugs we need next year and get a $200,000 discount from that. Hmm. Was this meeting of the Common Council done virtually or were you in person? It was done virtually, and for the first time, we had a little bit of a problem, Bob. I got a new computer and um, a new a new desktop for my desk. It actually isn't new; it was some, it was, but but I I had a I had a laptop right. which I did not like, and my laptop was hardwired into our network. But last night, for the first time, I uh, turned on this mainframe this not mainframe desktop. I could not. Uh, I don't have a camera or a microphone on it. I never realized it. So I said, oh, my God. So we immediately went to my laptop, which went on to the Wi-Fi. We had too many people on the Wi-Fi, and the whole thing was breaking up. And uh, mm-hmm. so it was poor planning on my part. But I was not – I missed most of the meeting because I couldn't hear what they were saying, couldn't see what they were doing. And it was very, very upsetting to me. Mm. Do, you, do you know what other actions they took? Oh yeah, no, I I know, I know what the agenda was. There was a uh, there were relation there was the uh, insurance issue, there was a, and then there was a golf cart issue, um, which I um, you know I missed most of, uh, but I understand the uh, the uh, golf course the golf course right now is a very busy busy place because it's probably the only recreational activity to do uh, available, uh, and mm-hmm. basically uh, they were out of carts and they wanted to rent more carts and. Uh, I was looking forward to listening to that and uh, getting involved in it, but I wasn't able to. Do you know if they decided to do it? They did. Oh, they voted in favor of it. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at that vote now, and I'm taking a look at the math and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else from the, the meeting that you know of? Um, there was, well, in, you know, in addition to the drug coverage, we passed the health insurance uh, coverage. We passed the what we call the stop-loss policy, which prevents, uh, you know, because we're, because we are, um, self-insured, we have a stop loss. Should someone uh, be sick enough, uh, hopefully not, but someone gets sick enough and it costs over $200,000, uh, 
our liability ends at $200,000. So we passed a bunch of different policies, or approved a bunch of different policy renewals, and that um, golf carts. And we also did a uh, just a simple transfer from the recreation department. Uh, we collect, we we get donated money, or but we, you know the military banner program that we have. That we're I, hanging I the military banners. Uh, veterans are the families of veterans are able to purchase beautiful banners, uh, vinyl banners of their whoever it is, their dad, their grandfather, who served mm-hmm. in, in in a war, and they get their pictures on them and their military medals, um, pictures of the military medals, and we hang them on the lamppost here in Amsterdam. It's a very popular program. Unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, a small company that we used in Troy to produce those banners pretty much stopped operation because of the pandemic. So we have we have unfulfilled orders for these banners, uh, and we've been collecting the money. And typically, what we do when we collect money is we just uh, it, we we, don't, we didn't have a budget for it. So what we do is we we take it in as a, a donation or revenue, and then we have to transfer it into an expense so we can pay the bill. So we're, we've been waiting for a while for this vendor to reopen. We don't know when he is going to reopen. Uh, so we we made the transfer. So in, when he does reopen, we can, you know, just it, pretty much a, a just a, a, an ordinary transaction. Now, in terms of the big picture financially, in the wake of mm-hmm. uh, the still ongoing uh, Corona crisis, I gather that Congressman Paul Tonko has told you, and, and he's uh, quoted in a lot of media. Uh, on today, which is Wednesday, that Amsterdam and other local cities would get millions of dollars in federal aid in the latest House-passed crisis uh, aid bill. But that's the bill that um, the leader of the U.S. Senate, Senator Mitch McConnell, says is dead on arrival. So what's going to happen there? Well, hopefully, um, and I'm keeping my ear close to that, uh, Congressman Tonko, uh, you know, the House version of that bill, I used the formula based upon, um, you know, what cities were actual, not just their formula provided Amsterdam over a two-year period with something like $8.8 million. And it was based on lost revenues, anticipated lost revenues, and things like that. When McConnell said it was dead on arrival, um, you know, I, 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 I was hoping he was exaggerating, and it sounds like he is. He's willing to negotiate. At first, he said no aid to cities and states. He had been talking about let them go bankrupt. Uh, now he is willing to provide aid to cities and states, and I'm sure his formula for figuring out how much a city like Amsterdam is going to get is going to be much different, or I hopefully not much different than Paul Tonko's. Uh, Paul Tonko, from in my opinion, knows Amsterdam is a lot more familiar with our our problems, our challenges than Mitch McConnell is. But at the same time, uh, you know, I understand the, the, the need for negotiation, and I'm just hoping, uh, you know, for example, next year, we've been already told by the county to anticipate that our county sales tax is going to drop by 20 to 25%. Well, that's a million dollars, and that's, be, that's totally pandemic-related. And um, that's a million dollars that we we're expecting to get, we've been getting typically over the years that we're no longer going to get. Uh, we, we, we cannot count on getting it. Um, and then there's the state, state aid uh, to cities. You know, we count on that for $3 million a year. And um, Governor Cuomo is saying anywhere between 20 to 50% of that won't be paid this year unless the Senate helps the state. Uh, the, so that's another $600,000, Bob. And this has happened since 
March 1. You know, this news has, has come to our city since March 1. So here we are putting a budget together already in financial distress, but coming along nicely, trying to do what we, we needed to do to keep our city f- functioning forward, to keep our new projects moving, working on it. And, and then all of a sudden this comes along and um, and really disrupts that process, that planning process. So Tonko sees that and understands it. McConnell doesn't even know where Amsterdam is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I, I, you know, that's why Tonko's number takes into account a lot of things. We had to go to bond, and we can't. We weren't able to go to bond. We're hoping to go to bond at the end of this month. We're hoping the bond market recovers. That's pandemic-related. Um, so, you know, these these are the kinds of issues that cities are facing uh, that that – um, this pandemic is causing that is really disrupting our ability to put a budget in place for the next year. We are on a July to June cycle, which is doubly, uh, you know, doubly bad at this point in time. Because if we were on a January to, to January or December cycle, we'd be we'd be much better off because we'd have our budget in place already and we'd be working off that budget. But we have to plan a new budget. We have to do the bonding. Uh, it's it's really it's it's become a real. Um, challenge. Um, and mm-hmm. so I'm praying literally that um, <laughs> the Senate, the Republicans in the Senate um, understand that cities like Amsterdam are in desperate need right now of help, direct help from the federal government in some form. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that he will, that the Senate will sit down and compromise a legislation that, that gives us help because we really desperately need it. Hmm. And when you said go to bond, I mean, the, the city mm-hmm. would would borrow the money. Uh, and I got a little confused on the timeline. You were, going to, you were planning to do it at the end of this month of May, or was that the end of June? In June. We're putting it off until the last possible minute because of all of the unsettledness uh, in the market, all of the unsettledness with this legislation in Washington. If Once, I pa- once we pass a budget uh, that we set a tax rate, and... Amsterdam just had an 8% property tax increase last year. We increased a couple of the fees, user fees that we have. Um, And my goal this year was to take whatever the cost of the bonding was going to be. And instead of putting that cost of the bonding on solely the taxpayers, I was looking uh, to, to, um, you know, do it via new revenues and via, um, compassionate cutting, you know, in the city. So that, and we got there, we really did. Uh, the budget that I, that I, I've produced, the budget that's ready to go, uh, takes the cost of the bonding, includes all of the other things that I just talked about and, and pre- presents a, a tax rate that uh, Amsterdam can handle. Um, but if, if we all of a sudden have to come up with a $1.6 million, uh, you know, out of the air, it, it, it no longer is the case. So, it's a challenge. So we are waiting mm-hmm. to bond as late as we possibly can because what we borrow is going to be dependent upon what our cash needs are next year based upon the pandemic. And if the, if the government helps us, um, then we can borrow less and we can pay off more and we can do the kinds of things that we wanted to do. And if the government, mm-hmm. if, if we don't get help from the federal government, it's a totally different story. I kind of got lost and you said something about compassionate cuttings. What is, yeah, I, what? I call it compassionate cutting. Um, what I had said when I ran for office was that I was going to make sure that the the cost of borrowing was not put on the back of the taxpayers. Instead, I was going to sit down with my department heads, one by one. And this is my first time through the budget. We have a we have what I what I consider a very 
poor software system. I was ho- I was hoping I could sit down at a computer and just crunch numbers so I could understand each department's expenses line by line. Well, that doesn't happen here. Instead, it's a it's a it's a very uh, it's a hard system for for a person like myself. I, I don't even have access to it, so I have to depend upon the controller and the department head. So I did, and it took me longer than I anticipated. But we sat down and we went through their histories, their actual spending histories, and looked at each line item one by one, and we looked at each position one by one, and we came up with a plan to cut enough money from those budgets. Uh, that was, you know, the least upsetting to personnel, least upsetting to the efficiency of their departments, but mm-hmm. covered the goal of making sure the taxpayers didn't get the brunt of the borrowing expense. So every, I was happy. The department heads were happy, uh, you know, and it's it's the way I've always done budgeting. As, as, so when I call it compassionate, mm-hmm. I don't ignore the human factor. I pay close attention to it. The uh, city of Amsterdam and Montgomery County uh, continues to reopen, or that's been underway for some time. In your uh, recent uh, report that you uh, published by the Recorder, uh, you uh, issued a thank you to the uh, leaders of uh, Montgomery County, in particular the executive uh, Matt Ossenfort and, and the uh, city, the county health director, and so forth, for the way they've handled it. So it sounds like you're pleased with what they're doing. I'm very pleased with um, with with the communication we've had, with the assistance they've given us. Um, no, no matter when we've called, they've picked up the phone and they've tried to respond in a way that uh, handled our need. And we had a lot of needs uh, for PPE. We had a lot of needs for information, and they're always there. I think if you look at the rate, I mean, Montgomery County has one of the lowest uh, infection rates, one of the lowest hospitalization rates uh, in the state. Um, it, it could have been worse. I, I, I've, you know, I've known people who've had COVID who've been uh, in communication with the the county, and they've handled those patients and those people who are infected uh, very professionally. They've prevented uh, they've prevented spread. They've traced well, and they've got limited resources. So I, yes, I'm very pleased with the way that Montgomery County has responded to a pandemic that they've never had to respond before, you know, and so mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I'm pleased with, and, and even the legislature, uh, the, very pleased with that partnership that we've had with them and, and the leadership of it. Yes. What's different now that the, uh, some of the restrictions have been eased. Is, do you see any changes uh, in Amsterdam? Uh, yes, there, you know, the, <sighs> Uh, we're, we're getting pe- businesses are, um, you know, construction and manufacturing businesses that were um, cutting back on their operations are getting more into full s- steam. Uh, they're bringing their people in. Uh, the biggest difference is that when they bring them in and they go back, they go back into full operation, they have to have a plan that implements all of the things necessary to keep their people and if they're in a, a customer business, their customers safe from uh, the virus, and that's that's a hugely different thing for for these businesses. And um, so they're doing that, and and as a result, you know, the city's going to be doing that. We're bringing back employees, and we have to have each department has to have a plan that that sh- that dic- that shows us. Uh, exactly what they're going to do to protect their employees. City Hall, we're, we've got a plan for City Hall, which we're putting in place right now. Uh, that's going to, uh, pr- you know, we're going to let people come back to City Hall at some point, and when we do, we've got to have a process in place to protect them from the virus. 
So all of these things are happening. I had a dress shop on Main, you know, on Main Street, uh, asking me, what do we have to do to reopen? Um, and so these comp- all these businesses are starting to plan for the reopening process. Many of them, many of them, like in industry and construction, are reopening. And so it, it's you can feel it, you can see it uh, in, in a very small way. I think in phase one it was a very limited reopening. I think in phase two there's going to be more. I, I understand that the beauty salons and the hair cutters are going to be able to reopen in phase two. That's going to be mm. a big difference. All of a sudden, you're going to be able to get a haircut again. Uh, so well, that would be. So those are the, when is yeah it is. I'm sorry. When is phase, phase two. two coming to Montgomery County? Well, it depends. As long as our numbers stay, that's the other thing about it. It isn't just automatic. But if if our numbers stay below the thresholds for infection, hospitalization, etc. And now we keep in mind that Amsterdam is grouped in uh, what they call the Mohawk Valley. Uh, group and we are in with Fulton County and Utica etc so it isn't just our numbers but it's a combination of our region's numbers once if those numbers stay under the dashboard restrictions we will be into phase 2 in June 1 um ah. and, and so that we look at those numbers it's a 3 day rolling average bob they've got really you know i, I as i as i've said in in numerous places i'm leaving this to the scientists who put this information together uh, they they are they they've figured these things out and the and the things that they figured out from Montgomery County so far have worked um, and I'm very I'm very happy that you know we're following those guidelines because they're working and I'm committed as mayor to continuing to follow those guidelines because the people who are putting those guidelines know a lot more about the science of this virus and how it's caught and how it's um, you know spread. Than, than I will ever know, and so I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, um, you know, we'll see phase two here in Amsterdam, uh, right around the beginning of June. Yeah, which is not very far away. It is one, not. Uh, one thing though, I have seen in the in the media that St. Mary's Hospital in Amsterdam still has not been cleared for elective surgeries. No, I think that's changed. Um, I think they did get clearance after the initial wave got clearance. They they appealed, and then they got it. And it was based upon a spike in their intensive care, um, their intensive care usage, which was unrelated, ironically, to the virus. It was a, a spike in uh, intensive care bed usage because they had intensive care patients who were there, not because of the virus, but other issues. And mm-hmm. I guess they appealed it, and from what I understood, they 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 won the appeal and they are now available to do elective surgeries. One thing I haven't, it just happened to, excuse me, occur to me. I haven't heard about is sticker mule operating the sticker maker in Amsterdam. Yes, uh, they are. Now they, I, they went on a reduced operation. Uh, uh, when the pandemic first hit, uh, they furloughed a lot of their employees, but they went into the manufacturing of masks and, uh, hand sanitizing, uh, uh, cl- solution and things like mm-hmm. that on the short haul, but um, th- th- now in phase phase one, um, their operation here they ha- they are they are under they're they're producing stickers again uh, under the uh, social distancing requirements of of phase one. So yeah, they they did cut back. And now they're getting back to full force, from what I understand. Well, Mayor, I thank you for joining us. Anything uh, else you wanted to bring up? 
No, Bob, it's just going to be an interesting few weeks here. Uh, we're going to keep our eyes uh, on Washington, our eyes and ears on Washington, and hope that we get good news. As And we're also preparing for the bond at the end of June, and our controller is very busy working on that as well. So it's going to be a busy month here. And uh, we have a food distribution coming up tomorrow, again at Veterans Field. Um, so that'll we have, be on Thursday, right? Uh, it'll be on Thursday, Thursday, correct. Um, and... Um, so we, we've got the National Guard coming back, and uh, it's it. You know, we pr- we'll, we'll hand out over a thousand um, packages of food. Will that be uh, taking place at um, the Veterans uh, Park? There, yeah, Veterans. It'll be a drive-in, uh, just like the last time, which went so well. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Mayor. You have a thank good day. Thank you, Bob, for having me. You too, sir. Bye, bye. Now you've been listening to the Historians Podcast. Extra edition number nine, an update on coronavirus and other topics from Amsterdam Mayor Michael Sinquanti. I'm Bob Cudmore.